0: Should you tell your therapist everything? It offers the hope of freedom from shame and fear, but it's scary for a reason. So today, to open up or not to open up, that is the question. You're listening to Open Counseling's as-yet-unnamed podcast. We have a few candidates. One of them is the Insider's Guide to Therapy. We're working on that. And you're with myself, Mark Pines, and Stephanie Harrison. Hi, Stephanie.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: So today's a really interesting topic. Um, should you tell your therapist everything? And uh, as usual, Stephanie, you've been leading the research and, and you found a few things. So tell me what you found.
1: So, you know, the, the simple answer to that question is not so simple. It's yes and no. Ideally ultimately in therapy you will be able to tell your therapist everything but there's nothing wrong with you and you're not doing it wrong if early on there's certain things that you don't feel ready to talk to your therapist about yet that's natural and it can actually help it can actually help you in therapy if you don't go you know too deep into stuff right away because what happens to some people is their first session, they unload the deepest, darkest thing that they've always wanted to tell someone, which is great. Therapy is the great place for that. Therapist doesn't mind. But then that person feels uncomfortable about coming back to the same therapist they just told all these things to. And that's how some people end up having only one or two sessions in therapy and then jumping ship. So you know, just over time, the idea is that you build up that relationship with your therapist, just like you build up a relationship with anyone else. And you become more comfortable and get and or and become willing to share more. Yeah, I,
0: I often kind of think of it, it's kind of similar to when you're meeting a new person, I use the, you know, dating as an, as an example, where you start to reveal yourself gradually. And I think people kind of you know, we want to be known. We want to share share who we are. We, we gain a lot from the acceptance of others and, and sharing deeply allows you to feel accepted deeply. But there's always this kind of dancing on how much risk do I take, you know, because you risk overexposure. And I think that's what you're talking about, overexposure. And then you could potentially want to retreat further. So I think there's a there is a natural pace that that's worth respecting about how much you share about yourself.
1: Absolutely.
0: So the other interesting point, I mean the, the potential overexposure could lead you to actually quit therapy if you do it um, quickly. I mean, it's an interesting point because I think people are told you're safe with um, Your therapist, they aren't going to judge you. Maybe the therapist even kind of says, this is a judgment-free place and people can get excited. Oh, finally, I I can share this. Finally, I can tell them about the mean thing I did when I was three, about the hate I have for all these people at the office, the fact that when I give charity, I'm only doing it to feel good about myself and I don't really care about the people I'm helping. And, And it can be this rush to, to share everything, but, but there could be a snapback from that.
1: Right. And most of this is internal. You know, it, it's it's a weird truth on both sides of the coin in that you are safe sharing more in therapy, that therapists do hear it all and probably aren't going to judge you in the way you fear you're going to be judged because we all have the things that we don't show off or tell most other people about that we're either deeply ashamed of or at least a little bit embarrassed about. And therapy is a safe place for that. But a theme that's come out with a lot of these articles, you know, trying to answer the questions people have about therapy is that so much of, it, of this is about what goes on inside of you. And even though you can start out telling your therapist a whole lot and it, in intake, you will tell them a lot because they're going to ask you a lot of questions. Um, it's more about what you can tolerate than what the therapist can tolerate. If you're comfortable, you know, there are some people that can go right into the deepest, darkest stuff and are completely comfortable with it. Maybe these are people that have been in therapy before or are very open with their friends and talk about, you know, you might be that person who isn't afraid to go into the deep stuff with people. And so you might be able to share a lot and not feel any kind of way about it. And It's great. But, you know, a lot of people are going to share those things. And then that internal process of, ooh, what does the therapist think of me now? That, that starts to begin, and uh, then once you're in that, it can cause you to not want to face that therapist again. So, you know, the, the common term that people, and people, you know, most of the things that can happen with a therapist are things that can happen in any human relationship, and there's kind of a popular term that's come out where people talk about trauma dumping, where you're hanging out with someone and you just unload this, like, awful, terrible thing that either just happened to you or whatever, and again, it's, it's not bad to do that per se. It's just that if you do it in the wrong context, you may feel rejected because the other person you're talking to isn't ready to hear it. Maybe you realize, oh my gosh, I just overshared. And then, but it's the same as in therapy. A lot of it's what's going on in you. You've suddenly said this thing that you really wanted to get off your chest, but now you worry how the other person's going to react. And then that relief is short-lived because now you're in your head about, what does this other person think of me? And that's a lot of the early part of, I mean, the ongoing part of the therapy relationship is dealing with wondering what your therapist thinks about you and how they're reacting to you and exploring that relationship with them. So, you know, again, it's not wrong to share a lot at the beginning of therapy, but it can throw you off. So it might be a good idea to try to pace yourself a little bit.
0: There's this fantastic phrase as you were speaking about that comes to mind and I hope I don't mess it up too, too bad because it, it I always think of it with clients and um, I'm going to do my best here. It's something like to be discovered is scary. To remain hidden forever is a tragedy.
1: Mm, I really like that.
0: You know, and I think it, it speaks to it's very scary to be seen but to remain hidden forever um it's unthinkable it's like so much would be lost from your life to to not really be seen um by another person and accepted by another person and understood and um it's a constant tension that runs through the the therapy process because even though you might walk into your therapist's office kind of thinking, well, I don't want them to to know this, and I I don't want them to know this, there are always deeper levels of of stuff you're afraid to, you know, even acknowledge to yourself so you don't have the words for it the first time you enter therapy. It can take, you know, weeks, months, years to to get to to deeper layers of, of scary stuff, and there's always troubling stuff beneath there's always difficult things the further you dig things that are either scary overwhelming shameful or create perhaps create internal conflicts um you know like i i i thought i loved animals but then i find this impulse to kick them every once in a while like <laughs> which one am i am i the lover of animals or the or am i the kicker of animals so there, there are all sorts of reasons we hide things from ourselves. And if, um, and therapy kind of offers the the hope of finally being able to have all those parts of ourselves, you know, to acknowledge them and to, to put them out in the day, light of day. And maybe some scary stuff always remains scary. Maybe traumatic stuff remains traumatic, but bringing out in the light um, is typically what heals it and, and makes it manageable and can be a part of your life. And not something you have to fight against constantly.
1: Yeah, that's, that's beautifully said. And I I think it kind of connects to something we touched on in the article, which is what if I lie to my therapist? And then the deeper question is, well, what ways might you be lying to yourself? Um, I think even those of us who strive for self-honesty and self-awareness realize that We do tell some lies to ourselves because there are things that we're not ready to face yet. I think that's almost universal, that everyone has at least something they've taken a while to face up about themselves. Um, And so, of course, naturally, if you don't even know that something is true yet, you're going to present it to your therapist in a certain way. And Maybe you find out later, oh, that thing I said actually isn't true. And that's actually part of the therapeutic process is learning what some of those truths are.
0: Yeah, if you wanted to see that in action, um, you know, when I do marriage counseling, you see the two different re- versions of reality each partner puts out and, and how they perceive reality. And, and you know that they're completely contradictory versions very often. And, and you kind of see that really sort of in a, a clear way, um, how we present reality in a way that is palatable to us and often that's a, a way that's very skewed towards ourselves
1: right I bet you've heard some interesting self-descriptions and had one member of the couple kind of giving the other a look like really
0: yeah exactly people people often don't see each other very well and it's a very I mean see themselves and you know we're we're full of projections and transferences and the way we we hide the truth from ourselves and others and it, it's a very human thing, but but marriage counseling makes it very stark, you know, how two people can look at the exact same thing to their benefit.
1: Yeah, like you could have the, you know, male partner in, in a male-female relationship be like, oh, yeah, I'm so helpful around the house. You know, I do <laughs> dishes once a week, and I make the bed once every other week, and I babysit the kids once a month. I mean, I'm just like dad of the year.
0: Really? Uh-huh. And, I, and I, then, I imagine there's another opinion to that.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, I, I would imagine that it's interesting. That By the navigating... way, he would
0: present that as she's been at, she asked me to look after the kids and I looked after them and all she could do was complain that, <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know, and the complaint was you only did it once out of the, the 30 days. But, but, yeah,
1: or, or duct taping the two year old to the wall is not a, <laughs> an effective parenting technique. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, that that gets into the deep stuff, you know, um, in this article, we also, you know, I I touched on some of, there are some things that some of the things people, I think most of the time, if someone's going to lie to a therapist, it's something they're ashamed of for a personal reason. And there's Mm -hmm. not a real potential consequence of telling a therapist, like the thing about kicking the dog or not liking animals and feeling embarrassed about that you know, your therapist can't report you, you know, for not liking dogs. Your therapist can't report you for having cussed out an old lady at the supermarket, you know. But there are things that I think people do have genuine concerns about um, telling a therapist about. And it was really interesting doing the research for this article. And, you know, I, I went, I got a master's in social work and was, was, you know, I never quite got to the point I got my license, but I was out there in the field as a trainee therapist for, for several years and knew a lot of this stuff, but I didn't know quite the level of detail I learned researching this article. Um, you know, and I think some of the things that people are afraid, you know, there's a few big things people are afraid to tell therapists about because there may actually be, you um, real life consequences of it. One, a big one is telling your therapist about having suicidal thoughts. And we've written a couple articles about this and I think one of the big takeaways is, yes, it's possible that if you were highly actively suicidal and you have a plan and you intend to carry it out, your therapist, and you tell your therapist this, they could try to initiate you being taken in um, for inpatient for your own safety. But I think an important thing that, that a lot of people that aren't in the field of therapy don't realize is that there are fine distinctions between different kinds of suicidal thoughts. Like most people at some point in their life have been in a desperate situation where they've had a passing suicidal thought. Like I don't want to be here anymore. Um, You are not going to get hospitalized or reported because you had a passing suicidal thought like that. Um, Even if, even if you've had recurring thoughts like that, the only time a therapist is really going to be in a position where they would take action to report it and try to get you the... And by the way, the thing is, like, if you tell a therapist you are highly suicidal, all they would be doing is trying to get you the care you need to keep you safe and to get you well. I mean, most people that go inpatient when they were extremely suicidal were really glad that their lives got saved by it. But that... I think that the average person thinks, oh, I can't even mention that I ever had a thought like this ever or my therapist is going to put me on some kind of watch list and be ready to lock me up. It's not like that. You, you can have actually chronic passive suicidal ideation and it's not going to put you in a position where a therapist would, would do that to you. It's You've got to like have an active plan that you're planning to do. And it's the same thing if it's someone else. You know, If you want to hurt someone else, having had a passive thought like, oh, I'd like to slap the shit out of that person, your therapist isn't going to report you for being a danger to others, it's if it's like, oh, I'm like obsessed about this person, and I just really, I'm so like, if if you're the scorned lover and you're like plotting to murder somebody, yeah, yeah your and therapist is gonna...
0: <laughs> And I think that it's even more specific. It's if you've got a plan, you say. I have a gun and I'm going to murder Judy Smith when she comes home from work tomorrow. It has to be a very specific kind of plan with the, you know, rather than, you know, I have a gun and I want to kill her. That that would be probably not meet the criteria where a therapist w- would share that.
1: Right. You kind of have to have intent, a plan and means. Mm. Um, uh, it makes me think of a story of someone I know who was so mad one day at work. They said, I want to nuke this place from orbit and actually got in trouble. And I was like, do they really think you have access to, to nuclear codes? Do they really think you have nukes in orbit? So when you said Just that, you are actually making a threat? <laughs> the,
0: this was just in a workplace this wasn't in a therapy office no, right no okay. but i mean
1: i mean like yeah that, the, the whole point though is like saying god i would like to stab that person with a javelin or i'd like to kick them off a <laughs> cliff like we were in looney tunes like it has to be like there has to be some element of realism for it to be something that would trigger your therapist to take any kind of action right. I, mean, we all, I think a lot of us say crazy things when we're angry and you go to therapy to vent sometimes like yeah. oh, i'd like to I like to drop kick that person off a cliff. Your therapist yeah. isn't going to then try to get you <laughs> locked up because, oh, and, they and, have the means to kick them off a cliff. And
0: try. These are just normal thoughts that people have. You know that they're thoughts that people have because we watch those things on TV all the time. And there's a reason we're fascinated because they touch something inside of us.
1: Right. And I, I think we should <laughs> we, we should put a little <laughs> gradation on that mm-hmm. in that I don't think most people are just raging homicidal maniacs inside, but that we all... It's, the, it's going back to that same early distinction as... You know, you might think of yourself as someone who's not a racist, and maybe you've even done anti-racist research and gone to a class, and you. but you're still going to have that passing racist thought that you're like, oh, I can't believe I just thought that, or uh, having a passive suicidal thought or having the passive thought like, oh, I just really want to punch that person in the face. Yeah, we have this kind of kaleidoscope of things that come in and out of our heads. Some Some of them aren't even you know, we, we get influenced by what we're in the environment of, you know, if you're around people yeah. that are angry and venting all the time, you're probably going to start to have more angry yeah. venting type thoughts. So, yeah. And I mean, I think that that brings us to another thing that I really, really wanted to point out talking about this article is that I, you know, I did my usual Reddit research to see what, what are people actually worried about talking to their therapist about? And some of the things were, you know, I, agree, you know, understandably things that you might want to think twice before you share. But a lot of them were almost cute or almost naive where it's just like, it's almost like, oh, can I tell my therapist that I smoked weed once in a state where it's illegal? Or, or can I tell my therapist that one time I like bonked someone's bumper and left the scene and didn't give them my answer. Like, th- they're just really, really worried when it's like, you know, therapists see people that... Uh, have been referred by the courts for that have criminal records that have been violent therapists have heard especially a therapist that's been doing their job a long enough time they've heard some stuff so a lot of the stuff you might be worried about telling your therapist maybe in context of all the things they hear they're not going to suddenly judge you as this terrible person
0: Right. And I, I think that's the, the distinction we keep on getting. There are a few times there may be real-world implications of telling yourself a, a therapist something. So if you're actively suicidal, you have a specific threat of harm to another, um, child abuse, you reveal abusing a child or someone elderly, And there are a few others, and you can find those um, on the accompanying article on opencounseling.com called Should I Tell My Therapist Everything, which kind of will go into a lot of detail. But most of the time, there isn't going to be practical, real-world implications of telling a therapist something. But what people most fear is the, the judgment of a therapist. They won't accept me. They think less of me. They won't like me. They'll not want to have me as a client, you know, all these things um, are usually the main drivers. I, I think that's what you're getting at, Stephanie. Those are the things that, that usually are more salient.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I would just uh, also just add the, the, of all the things people are worried about telling their therapist and there's worrying that there's a practical consequence, the general rule, um, and there are exceptions, and again, there's more details in the article, but the general rule is if it's something that happened in the past... But it's not something you're wanting to do again. You're pretty much safe. Um, child abuse is kind of the one exception. Sometimes, if you talk about child abuse that happened in the past, they still want to investigate it, whether you were the perpetrator or victim. But you, you know, uh, having had a violent impulse towards someone in the past, having had suicidal thoughts in the past, um, you know, one of the one of the more interesting, you know, areas of research I did is what if I tell my therapist I committed a crime? And that's really, if you're if you're not you you know, if you're actively planning a crime and you're trying to get your therapist to help you with the crime, <laughs> the therapist can actually report that to a certain extent. But anything you did in the past, it doesn't matter how bad it is. It's just, The main thing that therapists are trying to avoid is you going out there and hurting someone else. So, yeah. I,
0: I think that would make an interesting movie or something maybe they already have it it would it just seems like there's a plot line in there i I, i'll defer to you from here stephanie because you're the the writer amongst us
1: yeah and and the true crime fan i do think it would be interesting like oh what if a serial killer told their therapist i was a serial killer and i killed 27 people and i know where the bodies are buried and then the therapist has this ethical dilemma because this is actually an article too because if a therapist as as terrible as that sounds if a therapist were to tell someone what this client told them they would be violating the codes of their profession because what, there are those exceptions to confidentiality we talked about but this actually wouldn't be one of them so the therapist ethical dilemma in this film would be do i lose my license and lose my therapy career so that that they that the police can solve this case or do i keep quiet and uh. and let my client get away with this a little bit right so yeah Mm. it's interesting I mean I don't think that happens in real life all that often who knows maybe it's happened once or twice you know Um, yeah I've heard a lot about that uh, I've heard watch that movie yeah I would too but I've also heard you know especially from like social workers that work in hospice sometimes there are deathbed confessions and Mm. sometimes it's not people you would expect like sweet little old ladies that were like I killed a man once of course, you can't really do much about it at that point anyway, because they're they're on their way out. <laughs> they
0: have the death sentence to begin yeah, with. So,
1: so, yeah, I mean, I think it does happen. But yeah, I think realistically, yes, most of the things that people worry about telling, I, th- one of my favorites that people seem to ask on Reddit a lot is about drugs. What if I tell my therapist I do drugs? It's like your therapist isn't your therapist isn't a narc. They're not going to call the DEA. They're not going to report you to the authorities. Um, you know, if you say, hey, I do a little X, Y, or Z on the weekends, like your therapist is going to want to explore that with you. Is it a problem in your life? Is it something you want to work on? Because I think the thing to remember is that your therapist is there to help you heal and to help you change your life in the ways that you want to change it. So, you know, they're not there to get you in trouble. But I think that's, you know, we we talk about transference. I think probably one of the most common is just, transferring the general parental authority onto your therapist. And what do you worry about when you're you're a little kid in your mind if I tell mom or dad I'm in trouble. So I think I right. think people bring this complex into therapy about I can't tell them things because they're going to get me in trouble. Just keep in mind that's not what your therapist wants to do. Therapists don't want to tell on you. You know, I I think therapists, you know, take it as sacred that you're opening up and sharing things in this special place right. where you're allowed to do that. And you're allowed to do that with a minimum of judgment. Um, and, you know, the therapists hold that sacred. So I think that's just an important, yes, be aware of the implications. There are a few exceptions to confidentiality. Um, yes, it's possible you'd tell your therapist something that would cause them to judge you, but they also are trained. That's. I think that's another thing is like worrying about how your therapist is going to judge you. Your therapist is trained to learn how to bracket off. Like, therapists are human beings. If you tell them, oh, hey, I hit an old lady and I just kept driving, they're going to have an opinion about that. Like, but their job as a therapist is to bracket off their moral judgment of doing a hit and run on a, on a senior citizen and to try to meet you where you are, which is that you've got this incredibly guilty conscience about this, and you're there to try to get help. And to deal with this. And therapists respect that. And that's what they're there to do. They're there to help you deal with this so that you can make things right in whatever way you can. So that you can, you know, make amends if they're there to be made. uh, Work on processing what happened emotionally. That's what your therapist wants to help you do. Your therapist doesn't want to get you in trouble.
0: So... So great. So I think we did a pretty good job with that. We covered, um, there are practical things, there are practical reasons. That um, sometimes you shouldn't share if you are planning on committing a crime yeah. and you have active means. Don't share that with your therapist. Tips. I don't want to give that recommendation. Tips, Tips on how to commit Tips a crime. Tips to all the
1: criminals out there. Don't tell your therapist your active current plans for committing a crime, <laughs> but you can tell them about the crimes you did in the past. There you go.
0: <laughs> I feel like we're doing a community service. Yeah, with we're that. helping I'm all really the criminals. Of we're helping all the criminals
1: out there. How how to not get yourself in trouble in therapy
0: (laughs) (laughs) you never know who you're gonna help yeah um and so there are sometimes practical reasons but but for the most part um the the telling of secrets is, is such an important part of all therapy the the telling of things that are hard to tell and i think we we emphasize today that it's not something that you should rush it's not something you should do quickly but um, it should be part and process part and parcel of the the process of of growing and gaining trust in in the therapy relationship, and that there is redemption in that, the, which is the acceptance and understanding of a more and greater part of yourself
1: absolutely. and i I think that's the beauty of therapy, you know, no matter how long you intend to do therapy for, it is a relationship that that builds over time and you get more out of it by, by just letting that relationship unfold in a more natural way. I mean, one of the I mean the, the two biggest pieces of advice I think we could give people for therapy is talk to your therapist about it. Number one. Usually if you're worried about something, talk to them about it. That's how therapy works. And two, therapy is is just another kind of relationship. It's a special relationship. It's unique. It's not like other relationships in some ways. But in other ways it is. So some of these instincts we have Therapy defies some of our instincts about relationships, but not all of them. And so this idea that we kind of, over time, build up a certain level of trust and intimacy and open up more, that's kind of the natural flow of a lot of relationships, including the one with your therapist.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please don't forget to look at our companion article, Should I Tell Myself Everything, on OpenCounseling.com. We look forward to speaking to you next week.